to attract the type of client or audience who is going to appreciate and compensate the quality of work you do? If that is your experience, it could be that you are a big fish or have big fish talent, but you're swimming in the wrong pond. Welcome to this week's episode of Free Your Inner Guru. I'm your host, Laura Tucker. If you listened to last week's episode, I spoke about a phenomena that happens when people are growing in their business and stretching into new territory. And I compared it to being a small fish trying to swim or make a wave or a ripple and have an impact in a big pond. But there's also a dynamic that I think is worth exploring. And it's when somebody really is a big fish, but their results are limited because they're trying to swim in the wrong pond or the wrong environment. I'll share a little bit about my process when I put these podcasts together so that you can understand why I'm continuing with this fish metaphor. Um, Shortly after the last episode, I had a client session with one of my clients who's a creative entrepreneur. He's a director and a filmmaker. He's got a long career and his talent is through the roof. And uh, during our conversation, this whole idea of feeling like a a small fish in a big pond came up and I told him, it's funny, I just recorded last week's episode and, uh, but that's not how I see you. In fact, the vision that I hold in my mind when I think about you is that you're actually a big fish and you're in the wrong pond because his big talent is, uh, is been turned into in the past into a bit of a commodity where he's competing with any 25 year old with a camera and the quality of the work that he delivers is so far superior to that work. And when you're in the wrong pond and this talent has turned, been turned into a commodity, everything starts to become about price and the results are frustrating and it can be confusing as to what the true cause is. So back to the pictures, I was thinking, okay, big fish, small pond, big fish, wrong pond. So I went looking for a picture of a big pit, a fish to accompany the episode. And I was searching through the stock photography and I try to use my own pictures every, as often as I can, because photography is my creative gift. And, uh, and so I remembered, oh my goodness, I have some pictures of a big fish. I have some pretty neat shots of humpback whales when I went whale watching on Maui a couple years back. So I went through and I thought, this is the perfect comparison of this big fish, the biggest of fish, the humpback whale. Because the humpback whale, if you've ever seen them um, online in video or if you've been fortunate enough as I have to see them live in their environment, they are so compelling. They're absolutely majestic. They inspire awe. People flock to see them in their, um, so that they can see them breaching and mating. And even when you're driving along the coast and can see in the water, the, the spouts and these huge bodies heaving themselves up out of the water in quite a display, they, um, they inspire people. And if the humpback whale is in the right environment, 
then the humpback whale thrives. The big fish thrives in its big pond, the ocean. But if the environment around the humpback changes faster than the animal is able to evolve, or if it ended up being confused and off course and somehow in a poor environment of either fresh water or polluted water, the humpback whale, the big fish, goes from thriving to surviving. And surviving and being in survival mode is a huge challenge. The whale runs out of food because in the wrong environment, the fish that it needs to survive just aren't there. It would be difficult to breathe. It would be difficult to mate. Its patterns would be disrupted and it would be wanting to survive in business. Now, a lot of the time we see online or in some, you know, the inspirational context, the idea of surviving and striving, being optimal, but that's not how I look at it. If you're always striving and surviving, then it seems to me that you're going through a ton of resistance versus thriving and being in the flow. So let's compare the big fish of the humpback whale to the big fish talent of you the creative entrepreneur or the leader who is emerging. If your your, your majestic thing is your creative talent, it is your unique vision, it is what you bring as far as unique value to the world. And when if you're in a situation where you're you're not thriving and you are merely surviving, it's very easy to fall back into or fall into patterns that don't serve, like scarcity thinking. When clients or jobs seem to be scarce, it's very difficult to trust that if you stay your course, that you will eventually attract and find your tribe or end up in the right pond. When you are in survival mode, it becomes more difficult to uphold the quality of your work and the vision that you have when it comes to price. And if what is your unique talent and has your, the most value is somehow turned into a commodity, then the feeling around that business shifts and the feeling around your, com- your contribution shifts as well. And the result can be that you're offering your service or your product or your, or your vision, um, your talent at a lower price. And that out of necessity, you take on unsuitable work. Now, when I was talking to my client about how I saw him as the big fish in the wrong pond, um, we were talking about, because things are starting to really come along for him because of the strategy and realizing that when you aren't discerning as far as the work that you take on or the clients that you take on, and my goodness, we've all done it. We've all who've had startup businesses have been in the situation of needing the work and needing the money. And it's not the easiest to re- to um, uphold standards or maintain a level of detachment. But when your big fish talent has been converted into a commodity, there's always going to be somebody cheaper out there and you can become devalued in the marketplace. And if you're taking work or clients who are not suitable for you, then more tends to be get more. So what we want to do is shift so that you're attracting the type of client who's going to appreciate and compensate the same le- the level of work that you do. 
once you are attracting the right clients, you start attracting the right jobs. You start showing the results of your efforts are optimal. And so then you have the right jobs or the right references or referrals to show. And then those clients, their peers, they are also the right job for you. And your network continually upgrades throughout this process. If you're a big fish and the pond is either too small or not fertile and people just aren't getting what you do or seeing the value, you need to find the pond that you're going to thrive in. Now, you have to start where you are. And trust me, I've been there in the businesses that I've started where when you are in more of a necessity um, role or state, then decisions will, you'll be vulnerable to making decisions based out of need versus long-term strategy. But you have to start somewhere. And and I suggest that you start where you are. And so when you're taking the work that you need in order to survive, you also have to have uh, your eye, one of your eyes or most of your mind on your long-term vision so that you can start to discern and call and, and cultivate the relationships, referrals, pieces of work, evidence, and really what it amounts to is clarity. When the clearer you get on what the value is of who you are and what you have to offer, the stronger the connections that you will make with people. The stronger the connection that you make with people, the stronger relationships you build. And relationships are the foundation of your business. Um, It's your life's blood. So if you've been there or you are there, um, I have a few solutions. So I tracked a bit of a list here for you that came out of the, that conversation and other. And, and so I'm going to call them solutions for big fish talent. Number one, start where you are. I'm not suggesting that you start throwing out the jobs that you have, but I do want you to practice a level of discernment. And at least if you take on some work that you know isn't ideal up front, then you'll have... Um, You'll be able to frame it and understand that this is a decision that I'm making and here's the reasons why I'm doing it and it may not be either the best work or the most joy-filled work or the most rewarding work, but um, this is where I'm at right now. Number two, get an objective opinion. You are too close to yourself and your work to be able to be objective about what the quality is. And plus, if you're in this surviving mode where you have this resistance and there's inevitably feelings of frustration um, that go along with it, chances are your limiting beliefs have been activated. So that's not a great conversation for being objective about your own work and your own business, because if you're too close to it and you're looking at it through the filter of limiting beliefs, um, you're going to need an outside objective opinion. Number three is related to number two. Number three, guard where you receive your feedback from. And this is so, I can't understand, I can't overstate how important this is. Um, You love your friends and family, but they cannot be objective. At one end of the spectrum, they will offer support, which really amounts to to blind support because they want to be on your team. They want to be your cheerleaders. Or at the other end of the spectrum, they may be fearful for you and they want you to play safe so that you don't get hurt. 
And that's why often when you're talking to friends and family, people who are so close to you, it can be very difficult to, um, to get that kind of objective feedback that is helpful. The other thing is there are so many unsolicited opinions out there. So when you're receiving them, and it will happen because having your own business these days means becoming visible and vulnerable. One of the criteria that I love, and I think the first time that I heard somebody talking about this was Brene Brown, one of my, um, one of the people who I pay attention to. And she was saying that you need to take feedback from people who are all, also in the ring with you. So if someone's not out there marketing themselves and being visible and getting out of their comfort zone on a regular basis, and they know what it's like to be that way, then you have to temper how much you take the feedback um, because unless they are in there with you, um, it won't resonate and it may not be as meaningful. Number four solution for big fish talent, you might be an expert and at the top of the field, your field and what you do, but you have to stay in learning mode. Take nothing for granted. Stay up to date in your trade or your craft. Styles change, technology advances, and staying up to date will keep you fresh. And uh, being in learning mode will keep you open and flexible in your mind and fluid. The other thing that is very important to stay in learning mode around is to learn how to market your business. Just because somebody sets up shop and declares and opens a business, and often it's around a talent or desire to bring something unique into the world, there's almost like there's two entities, you, your talent, and your business. So there are business skills and structures in sales and marketing that you have to become um, aware of and and always be learning. A passive business where work just comes to you is the extreme exception, not the rule. No matter what you see online, um, there's a lot of crap out there uh, telling you that it's just as easy as one, two, three. The other thing that's important to realize about marketing, which is largely a visibility game, is that it can feel good. It can be designed as an authentic extension of you and not like some mask that you have to put on in order to force it and go out there and grow the business. Number six, play the game of ask. If you are an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, chances are you have an independent streak and asking and receiving can both be a challenge. So play the game of ask. A game is being playful and taking a lighthearted approach to asking for things just for practice on how to ask is, it can be game changing. So I want you to ask for referrals, ask for testimonials, learn how to ask for money because at the end of the day, if you are, have a business, you're going to have to be able to ask for and receive money in exchange for the value that you provide. Ask for help, ask for a mentor. If you have an independent streak that's a mile wide, then playing the game of ask can be the shift that will make a huge difference in your business. Success does not happen in a vacuum. It's an exchange of time, money, and sometimes time and money for something of perceived value. So the more that you get out there, 
the more that you can achieve clarity and the game of ask and what your results are based on playing a game of ask will help you to get the clarity that you need when you're talking and connecting with new people. Um, I'll just go over those really quickly here as I scroll back. So the solutions for the big fish talent, if you can think of anything, please come on over to uh, to the website uh, by following the link in the show notes and leave the comments, uh, leave your comments. But number one, start where you are. Number two, get an objective opinion. Number three, guard where you receive your feedback. Number four, stay in learning mode. Number five, there wasn't one. I went straight to number six. <laughs> number six, play the game of ask. Maybe number five should be let go of your need to be perfect. And, uh, and so we'll leave it at that tonight. So if you are getting mixed results, it could be that you're stretching out of your comfort zone, but it could also be that you are that big fish with that talent who is in the wrong pond. It's incredibly important to learn how to connect with people in a clear and concise manner so that you can generate the desired results in your life and your business. Speaking of the game of ask, can I ask you for something? My intention for the podcast is that it helps thousands of entrepreneurs and leaders make a positive difference through their life and work. If you've been enjoying and receiving value from listening to this or other episodes of Free Your Inner Guru, I need some help making that difference. The way that you can help me and this podcast is to leave a positive rating and review. If you're an Apple user or listening via iTunes, my ask for you is to leave a rating and a short review. If you're unsure how to do that, I've put a link to an article outlining how to leave a podcast review from your iPhone or computer. If you listen on any other platform that doesn't provide an opportunity to rate or review, your comments and your shares on social media are just as valuable. Great places to leave comments and questions are right on the episode webpage at freeyourinnerguru.com and other platforms like SoundCloud. Thank you for listening to Free Your Inner Guru. I am grateful for your time energy and attention.